What's going on, folks? Episode 10. I can't believe we are already at double digits here. But that's what happens when you stay consistent, you stay busy, and you don't have much time for yourself as time starts to fly. And that's pretty much what it's been feeling like over the last couple of weeks. I went pretty much dark the last 24 to 36 hours so that I can get a solid tape index update there, out there for you guys. Let me just make sure my guy Newsom has actually posted them. But I pretty much got every UFC event up on the tape index up until September 17th. Yes, that is now up as well. Love to see that. Um, and then we also have the contender series for next week thrown in there. What I'm hoping to do over the next couple of days is actually complete every single UFC event that's been announced so that at least the UFCs are up there and I can just continuously keep updating those and then slowly fill in the holes with uh, contender series, uh, PFL, and Bellator. So appreciate everybody that's been signing up to the tape index. And I feel like I should just quickly do a... Um, do another quick look at it for anybody who hasn't heard of the tape index or hasn't um, seen what it is. If you like to do research on your own, if you like to do tape studying of your own, tape index is the best way to go about it. Let me just do a quick plug here for you guys. So, I'm just sharing my screen. I, I still have my Ultimate Way and Show background pulled up. Let me get rid of that real quick. There we go. Um, yeah, Tape Index, pretty much a one-stop shop for all um, for all of your tape studying needs. And as you guys can see here, we have PFL. Uh, I believe that's later this week. We have 278. We have next week's Contender Series. We have UFC Paris, UFC 279. And then UFC, uh, I believe that's going to be Vegas 60 if i'm not mistaken um yeah so the the best way to use it is obviously for like newcomers right that's why the contender series is very big on the tape index and a little birdie may have told me that somebody very closely involved with the ufc production team uses the tape index especially for the contender series so just to give you guys a quick look here like what we do is put every single fight that we can possibly find all over the internet of each single fighter, and we put it linked right here for you guys. So all you have to do is pull it up or bookmark the tape index, sign in, and then pull up where you want to start studying. And then you can start with, let's start with Amira, Amiron Gogoladze. You want to see his fight against Shariat, Shariati? Bang, there you go. Pulled up, ready to go. So pretty much that's where it is. Then you have UFC stats, topology, and so we have all on one page for you guys. It's a measly $3.99 a month, a ton of value considering, you know, especially if you put your own time into it, you save yourself time rather than having to scour the internet. There you go, PFL as well. It's all there. A lot of the PFL stuff is on random websites, so you'll have to do your thing and your due diligence. Not only do we put it the link there, but we let you know exactly when the fight starts, especially if it's in one of those event video pages as well, so. Love the tape index. Don't know what I would do without it. Then again, it takes me a while to put together. Hence the $3.99 a month. Shout out to my guy, Newsom as well, who runs MMA Play365. And that's where we have the tape index housed. All right, there you guys go. Quick. 
quick look there in regards to the uh, what the tape index is all about. I noticed yesterday that like the streams go by so quickly. Like I usually have my rant at the beginning where I just talk about whatever the fuck. And then, you know, I get into the live chat. And then I remember yesterday when I did it, I, I saw the timer and it was at like four minutes. I'm like, okay, four minutes to start getting into the questions or six minutes. I think it was or something like that. And then by the time I caught up to the live chat or even got a chance to catch my breath, I looked at a time. It was like 45 minutes into the podcast. I was like, holy crap. Like, I'm enjoying this. Like I very much am enjoying just this. I'm hoping that everybody that's uh, taking part or listening, whether it's, you know, live or after the fact, or even audio versions as well. Appreciate everybody that's enjoying it, getting some good comments about it as well. So um, yeah, we'll keep this thing rolling. Hopefully it continues to snowball into something big, but I'm not going to stop it whether I do it or I don't do it. <laughs> um, appreciate it. All right, let's get into the live chat here. <clears throat> Mr. Always Profit in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by. MPTV showing love as always. Appreciate you stopping by. Also, I just realized if that is a picture of you, for, for some reason, I thought I just now noticed that I'm, I'm assuming that's your kid under you. Um, I thought that was your shirt. <laughs> now that I'm taking a closer look at it, I see that there is a child in your lap or in front of you. Hilarious. Appreciate you stopping by. Ursul in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by. John in the chat as well. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. Lajon Dream saying, what artist is your shirt? This is actually, um, finally got my Andrew Scholes uh, merch, fashion season, whatever the fuck they're on. But uh, yeah, this is for the infamous tour. I went to the show back in uh, February February when he was up here in Toronto. But recently, obviously, if uh, you know people that follow comedy, he just released his special a couple of weeks ago and he dropped merch to go with it. So I thought I'd support him by buying one of his shirts. I love it. Great material. Fits great. Can't complain. Uh, Mr. Always Profit saying tape index is where it's at. Been doing much better researching uh, and watching tape myself with it. There you go. I didn't pay him to say that. <laughs> appreciate the love, my friend. Rick the Ruler, appreciate you stopping by, my friend. What is going on with your day, my friend? Uh, did y'all remove the interviews on it? Um, so... That I'm glad that you brought that up because I do want to uh, address that in a, in a little bit um, <clears throat> or a bit. So the main two guys that we had was James James Lynch and uh, John Hyun Ko. When we started the partnership between those guys, uh, John Hyun Ko pretty much stopped doing interviews because he was getting ready for his fight that he's doing right he's doing the whole series where he goes through his own training camp and then he has a fight in september and that caused him to go you know significantly less in regards to the amount of interviews that he's dropping so that was one kind of red flag there and then another one was the um uh on the james lynch side of things like he was tagging me in his interviews and that's how i was able to get the links and put them up there but there were so many times where i was not able to get the the links or i wasn't tagged in them and uh it was difficult to keep tracking them down, not to mention all the gazillion other things that I had to do. Um, so that kind of fell apart. And then also the lack of, you know, pushing it from those guys that I expected, right? Like I, I expected them to to push it a little bit more, especially with us giving them a platform like that. Um, again, no ill will. Like they have so much on their plate as well. I don't expect them to really remember to to go out there and plug the tape index as much as I expected them to. Um 
yeah, and like, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. It, it was more so me not being able to keep up with updating the the index and the interviews whenever they drop just because of how packed my schedule already is. So apologies for that. Um, but I know you guys know exactly where to find those interviews should you be seeking them out. Prison Mike saying, I don't watch tape. I just picked a fighter that I wouldn't want to room within the click. I would love to know who this Prison Mike guy is. I feel like he's somebody within the community, but I love it. I love you, Prison Mike. Uh, Lodge One Dream saying Kevin Holland announcing his fight by end of week. Hope they added him for 279, maybe him versus D-Rod. That will be a great fight, right? I would love to see Kevin Holland versus D-Rod. Um, for some reason, though, I believe... Let's confirm this. I believe D-Rod is a 185-er. No, he is currently at welterweight. Yeah, he's been fighting at welterweight. Crazy to me that his last fight was actually Kevin Lee. I totally forgot that that fight even took place. Wow. Um. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad fight. I'd be totally down with that fight. Lajuan Dream just figured that my shirt was a musical. <laughs> I love me some Andrew Schultz, though. Great, great... Um, Creativity with his merch. Obviously, his podcast is great. His specials have been great. Love it. Uh, Mr. Always Prophet saying, did you watch uh, Contender Series? Yes, I did. Nazim and Cowan came through. Also took Jose Johnson after round one plus 170. Not a good, or sorry, not a bad spot on that live uh, live jump in on Jose Johnson. Um, in terms of predictions, I think I went two and three. But again, like the a couple of those that I lost, I truly thought were, were coin tosses. Um, and I think they played out that way, right? Um, I, I was right on Rebovics, uh, Valenzuela and Hibero. We just knew one of those guys was eventually going to drop. We just knew it, right? It ended up being Valenzuela. I hope people took the fight doesn't go to decision or the under one and a half like I had suggested. Uh, I did pick Jack Cartwright. I hoped he was going to be the one that ends up getting his hand raised, but Jose Johnson did a good job of making him work and not really letting him settle on top. That was one of those spots where like, it was control versus damage, right? And we are clearly seeing that damage is playing out more so than not. Um, but another spot where I... That's the fight that I completely called wrong, right? I said Jack Cartwright and fight to not go to decision. It ends up being the complete opposite. Well, Jose Johnson winning via decision. So completely shit the bet on that prediction. Uh, Claudia Lecce and uh, Haley Cowan, right? As close as you could expect. Very close fight, split decision. But I do think that Haley deserved that victory in that third round. That's what it came down to. I truly believe that Haley was the one that was landing the more effective strikes, causing more damage. And even though that Lecce was the one that had the momentum at the end of that fight, I feel like she didn't do enough damage in that round to warrant that being scored her way. But still, very close fight. We saw the reversals. We saw the takedown attempts. I'm sure Claudia Lecce will be back. Um, but yeah, I can't believe they gave Haley Cowan a, a contract. Like, I don't know what data said this thing about Haley Cowan. Like, what do you mean this thing? She sucks. <laughs> okay, maybe she not sucks. Like, that's a little bit harsh. But, you know, she's not that great. She's not going to cut it in this uh, women's uh, division. I think she's... Uh, 135 pounder. Let me just check you real quick. Uh, I want to say 135 pounds. Yeah, 135 pounder. 
yeah, like I don't I don't see her having many favorable matchups or people that she'd be able to beat. Uh, I did get the fight goes to decision correct, which I'm happy about. Minus 165 is on that. Hopefully people are able to cash on that. And then Sadikov, right? I, I said that Hassan Zada was the livest dog on the card. Um, but we saw what happens when he actually faces resistance or guys don't just hang out in his full guard. And Sadikov beat the crap out of him, eventually finished him. Fight doesn't go to decision. Cash is there as well, minus 280. I think my recommended degenerate parlay for my Patreon members was the Rebovix Moneyline parlay with the Hibero and Valenzuela fight doesn't go to decision. That cashes with relative ease, but I did not make it an official play since props are not widely available. And I'm not a big fan of um I'm not a big fan of uh, playing things that aren't widely available. Uh but yeah, all in all, decent fight card. Didn't mind it. A lot of big action. A lot of big knockouts. Hey! Anybody getting flashbacks? Hey! One more time. Hey! God, I wanted to slap the fuck out of those guys. <laughs> oh, that was so annoying. Uh, MPTV saying, yes, man, that's my baby. She is two now. I was the stay-at-home dad. She knows your face. I tell her that you are my friend. Sick. Tell her I am your friend as well, and I hope she enjoys watching me. I'll try to keep my potty mouth to a, to a minimum whenever I'm doing my streams. Asher Quinn, good morning to you as well, my friend. It is Thursday morning for my guy, Asher Quinn, over there in New Zealand. Always appreciate him starting off his day with your boy. Tristan Sharehouse in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by as well. Ryan Honer is saying, hardest working MMA content, content creator in the biz right here. Keep up the hard work. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. By the way, speaking of hard work, right? I, I like I do my I do my daily content. I do my Patreon content, uh, video content, all, all that stuff. I do my best bets and props article. But over the past two weeks, I've been doing write-ups for the Action Network, right? Shout out to the Action Network. Shout out to Dan Stupp as well for bringing me on board for that. And... Uh, you know, my props, they haven't been the greatest, right? I, I think I'm 0 for 2 on props. I think one of them was the uh, Jiyun Kim via KO plus 1,200. That didn't come to fruition against Justin Edwards. And then what's the other one? Uh, last week, Martin Budai round 2 didn't come to fruition. Funnily enough, and I can pull up the email ch uh, chain if you want me to, the first prop that I call dibs on. So what we do on a weekly basis, Dan Stupp sends out an email chain and it outlines, you know, what the schedule is for the week. And then people reply to it saying, you know, depending on who's on the prop squad that week, they reply to that email saying, I'm dibsing this prop. I'll be putting out a write-up about it very shortly. The first prop that I dibsed was Nam via KO. And for some goddamn reason, I fell off of it because I fell in love with Martin Budai. Really thought he'd be able to get that clinch game going against a uh, uh, fucking slop guy over there, the Polish guy. Brzezeski? Uh, Brzezeski. Lucas Brzezeski. Um, yeah, I thought he'd be able to really rough him up. And then I did not think that Brzezeski would be able to survive going into round three. But he looked fresh, man. And he arguably won that fight. So uh, all I'm trying to say is consolation prize. I teased the Nam via KO as my potential prop for the prop squad. I did obviously drop it for the patrons as well in terms of my best prop. Um, and the, my official bet, I again, kicking myself for this, took 0.1 units at plus 2200 on Nam via round three K or round three period. Um, and then he goes out there and just starches O'Day Osborne in round one. So 
you know, bummed I didn't get to cash that bet officially. Happy that I called it as a prediction. But I just hope that continues to go to show that, like, we got to be wary about these prospects that continue to go out there and get these quick finishes, right? They get quick finishes or they have a mediocre decision type of performance. And then they continue to be heavy chalk against tested veterans. That's what happened with O'Day Osborne this past weekend, right? That's what happened to Andre Fialo a couple months ago against Jake Matthews. Like, we got to be wary of these spots. Got to be wary about where we pay the chalk. David Onama, another one, right? I hope these constant weekly reminders remind you guys that you shouldn't be going out there and paying heavy chalk on guys that are, eh. You know, obviously depends on the, the opposition as well, right? Like, like again, Budai and Brzezeski, I have an updated view of uh, Budai now. Like, I, I still don't mind him, and I think he still has a decent ceiling, but I hope he changes a couple of things or can go back to being the guy that he is with that cage clinch type of uh, performance. But, like, I, I bet against a guy that is not a veteran in Brzezeski, right? So, again, just, just going back to the point of view, be very careful in terms of laying chalk or heavy chalk on guys that are still relatively unproven and them taking on high-level guys. And then uh, the last thing I want to say, yeah, props is great uh, action network. But my co-main event write-ups, <clears throat> excuse me, my co-main event write-ups for uh, action network, two for two, let's go, both underdogs. Uh, Jeff Neal, two weeks ago, and Nate Landwehr last week. This week, co-main event is Rockhold versus Costa. I won't be making any bold underdog predictions this week. I can let you guys know that. So there's a little bit of a preview into who I'll likely be taking on that co-main event uh, breakdown that I'll be doing. But two for two, for two, not bad so far. Let's see if I can keep that 100% um, prediction rate up for the Action Network. Appreciate you again, Ryan Honer, for the love and respect. John K saying, hey, what do you think about Ty Burrow as a live dog against Romanov? I think he is. I absolutely think he is a live dog here. You know, the, the uh, again, another... Oh, we just talked about it, right? Uh, Romanov, he is, you know, slightly proven, but we do have that hiccup in the Juan Espino fight where things did not seem to be going that well for him. You know, you're getting plus, nearly plus 300 on Marcin Tybura in this spot. Got to take a little bit of a flicker on him here because I think that he's the much more experienced fighter, way better well-rounded, uh, better striking. It just comes down to can he nullify that tremendous grappling game of Alexander Romanov. But if he can get up a couple times, things could get, things could get shaky for Romanov. So I'm not laying the chalk on Romanov. Tybura is definitely the money line spot there. Uh, Urso saying Cartwright looked uh, absolutely pathetic. Oh my God, I was screaming fight. You fucking idiot. Lost money on that bum. Yeah, not a good look for him, man. He, yeah. I think what it turns out to be, and I think we see this on, you know, again, not enough, at least not enough for me to have stayed off the Cartwright side yesterday. <clears throat> European grappling, mainly on the cage warrior scene, if you look like a tremendous grappler on the cage warrior scene, you got to take it with a grain of salt because we know the grappling and the wrestling on that side of the world is just not as developed as it is on the North American side. So, yes, he looks phenomenal. You know, great takedowns. And we got to give him credit. The takedowns are phenomenal. He's going to be able to control and beat some guys with that type of approach. Just not right now in the UFC. 
he'll have to go back to the Cage Warrior scene and continue to defend his bantamweight title. But yeah, not a good look for him. John K saying Hamdi versus Parker Porter added to UFC 280 People's Championship. Hashtag, am I right? I like it. And I was just about to tweet this, but I'm like, you know what? Let me save it for this podcast. But Parker Porter is the guy that we were waiting for to fade Hamdi with. Not Dontel Mace. You know what I mean? I got caught with my hand in the cooking jar with Dontel Mace, but Parker Porter is the guy. I'm telling you, Parker Porter will be the guy that will fight for your money the way that you expected Dontel Mace to. Give me good money on Parker Porter, please. Father of YouTube, appreciate you stopping by. Glad I finally know what your name fucking spells out. MPTV saying, I looked over this card. I have some strong opinions about this card. Can't make up my mind on the uh, Marab and Aldo fight. I'm leaning Aldo. Still got to finish that, honestly. Uh, that is one I'm going to be running the tape on very shortly. Um, Lockcast, again, I was supposed to do it today. Supposed to do it last night. Haven't gotten around to finishing doing the tape on it but I hope to get it out for you guys as soon as possible. I will be doing my prediction strike video with Clint uh, at 7.30, so in about three hours' time. Then I'll be doing another stream at 9 o'clock with my guy Gordo Gambos going over the full card, and I'll likely just jump right into my MMA logcast right after that. So we're going to be doing four live streams today, folks. Four live streams all to get this content out for you guys. And the Coach's Main Event Marathon uh, should be released by Friday. Um. Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Mr. Always Prophet saying you high on any of them that got the contract. Um, who was I high on? Rebovix could like maybe he might be able to crack the top 15. It's a 155 pound division, so he has a big uh you know ladder to climb there in terms of the level of competition in that division. But out of that entire crew, I think that Rebovix could likely be the most successful. I think Sadikov has some potential as well. I don't know if it's championship potential, but I do think he has some potential. But I'd say Rebovics and Sadikov. The rest of them, I don't think they'll do that well in the UFC. I can't wait to fade Claudio Hibero if they give him us the, the perfect matchup. Lajon Dream saying, Leon by split at plus 2,000, Kamaro by split at plus 450. Never seen a split difference like that. Man, I'd be surprised if he wins. Lajon Dream saying Dana thinks Haley attractive. That's probably what it is. Noah Allen saying he got a backstage BJ. <laughs> That's probably why. Todd Clark saying signed because she's hot. Because she's hot. Only reason I could see that. Untitled New York cards. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. Love to see your name in the chat. Uh, Todd Clark saying she'll be able to muscle more than a few. I don't know about that. Again, depends on the level of competition. Or at least the level of opponent that should be going up against. Jewish better saying made a nice check on Sadikov. Nice. Good shit there. Uh is Sean Woody Sean Woodson handle top ten? What do you think? Are you talking about Sean Woodson or Sean Handy? I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> uh please reframe or redo that question. If you're talking about Sean Woodson being in the top ten, I don't think he can make it there. Asher Quinn saying, I actually quite like Haley Cowan as a prospect. Always open to form bantamweight fighters. That being said, she's definitely Dana's type. You know what I mean by that. <laughs> Just better saying that sounds like the Brazilians at every BJJ tournament. They just scream IA and Boha. Yeah. I think not Boha. I think it's P-O-R-A with the H sounding R, if you know what I mean. Poha. Poha. 
Trevor Loden saying two kind of different but similar questions. What do you think about Burgos going to PFL? UFC MMA are interchangeable at most people. Is there room for another organization to properly succeed? I, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Like, I think this is... This is like a, a Coke amongst the soft drinks type of thing, right? A Kleenex amongst the tissue industry type of thing where UFC will always be synonymous with MMA and being that that sport, right? It will always be that. I highly doubt that there's going to be a promotion that's going to be able to make enough waves that will compete to, with the UFC on that level. Like it's going to have to come down to like a, a Conor McGregor type guy to start his own promotion and be able to sign a lot of big guys. That's what it is. I don't think that happens for the next 10 to maybe over the next 10 years, like after that 10 year mark, maybe, but not within the next 10 years. I think the UFC just has too much of a stranglehold on it. Now, in regards to Burgos going to PFL, I spoke about this a little bit, I think on a different chat, but I'll, I'll kind of say it again here. Are we really surprised that Burgos is signing with the PFL? Yes, like it came out of left field because nobody knew he was a free agent, right? Nobody knew he, that he was testing free agency. To, so that's why it's kind of it's kind of coming out of left field. But to me, it's more so he knows what his cap was in the UFC. I think he had 11 fights in the UFC. He lost against the upper echelon of that of that division, of that 145-pound division. He knows he's not going to make a million in the UFC. He knows he's not going to get a title shot. He's not even sniffing a contender uh, a contender fight or a title contender fight. So why not take your peak years and go try to make a million over in PFL rather than getting paid? What is he getting paid? 50 and 50? 60 and 60? Maybe? Like, uh, again, I know the UFC doesn't really release... Uh, numbers but i want to see if there is actual uh like anywhere he's fought that will show us how much he actually got paid um okay the last legit one that we have of his So the last non-estimated pay that he got was 26, nope. Hmm, interesting. 75 and 75. Yes, yeah, he's on a 75 and 75 contract. The last confirmed one before that was UFC 220, uh, and he was on 22 and 22 at that time. So obviously he renegotiated after uh, a couple wins and he was able to secure 75 and 75. I'm not sure if the Blades and Volkov salary is correct. One second here, guys. Let me just confirm these numbers. Um, yeah, so this is when Nevada State Athletic Commission actually released salary still and Shane Burgos got 75000 and 75,000. Well, he lost his fight against Josh Emmett, right? So he only walked home with 75,000. But he, sorry, he got another fight of the night bonus, which got him 125,000. All in all, what I'm trying to say here is that, like, he has a chance to go make a million dollars. 
with the PFL. And he's probably getting a good damn good purse doing so as well, right? If you guys remember, I think uh, the PFL released salaries recently and guys, you know, some of the, the higher named guys that came over from the UFC were getting like a hundred and 150,000. That's better than fighting 75, uh, than fighting for 75 and 75 against tougher competition. So yeah, uh, once you think about it all, I don't think it's that big of a shocker that uh, Burgos decided to go to the PFL. Mr. Always Prophet saying, you still think Budai can be top 15? I had Budai in a parlay. I don't mind the decision, but 100% thought judges would go to one the other way. Yeah, I thought he lost that fight. I think he could get away with that, you know, grinding style up against the cage and still crack the top 15. I think that uh, Brzezeski just worked on it very well. Like, maybe it was his his height and his reach that kind of threw Budai off. Maybe he'll be able to impose as well on guys that aren't as tall as him. Tristan saying, would you say there's more line movement in MMA than other sports? Uh, I can't give you a good enough answer on that because I just don't watch or, uh, yeah, watch lines for other sports as much, right? Other sports, uh, you know, especially team sports, we're talking about like point spreads. That's where we see the the line move a lot. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I can't give you a good enough answer on that, brother. Mr. Always Prophet saying, I don't think it was a robbery like everyone thinks. It was damage versus volume. You know what? I didn't even look at the um, MMA decisions page to see how people scored that. I thought Brzezeski won, just watching it live. Yeah, pretty much all the media had Brzezeski except for one guy who had it for Budai. Fan scoring on 174 scorecards had Brzezeski winning rounds one and two and then Budai round, round, won round three. I think for sure we can say Brzezeski won round one because he heard Budai. Round three was likely Budai, so it comes down to round two. Yeah, volume versus power. I could definitely see that. It seemed like every time Budai landed, it was much more damaging than anything that Brzezeski threw that time. Rips and picks in the chat. Happy Wednesday, my friend. Appreciate you stopping by. Urso saying California State Athletic Commission released fight night weight for the San Diego card. Tyson Nam was the one guy that weighed more than the allowed 15%. Didn't really look like it. Wow. He carries it very well. He's a bigger 125er as well that most people don't really recognize. Azure Quinson, do you like Tybura decision only? I don't know what the odds are, but in terms of path to victory, I don't hate it. I like that. Um, let's see. Let's see what uh, FanDuel is currently holding. Uh, Tybura decision only. Oh, not out yet. Let's see if DraftKings has it up yet. That's not a bad. That's not a bad way to go about it. Um. What is that? Tabura. Um, fight props. <laughs> Sorry. Alfred is sitting right beside me. He's sleeping and his tail is wagging. Ah, uh, what a fucking cutie. Uh, let's see. It doesn't seem like DraftKings has pretty much all of their. Pro oh, here it is. Um, decision only Marcin Tabora plus 165. Not a bad line. I don't mind that line at all. Maybe a unit on Tabora decision only and then a half unit on his money line just in case. 
Glad that you brought that to my attention, friend. Uh, Pawns and Lawler just announced. Wow, great fight. Sounds like another free money spot fading Lawler. Probably. Um, you know, his chin is just not holding up that well. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I'm interested to see what the odds are going to be like there. Jewish Bear saying, when I saw Jack Carrey won his last fight by repeated headbutts, I thought Cage Warriors was allowed headbutts and he just smashed his head into the other guy for the KO. <laughs> nah. That guy that he was fighting just had no idea how to punch or ground and pound without throwing his head. Mr. Always Prophet saying, I just finished taping Marab and Aldo. Wonder what side you're on there. Problem Kid saying that Cartwright fight was so weird. Very weird. Todd Clark saying everything tells me Aldo is the better fighter, but he'll lose. Why are you so uh, so happy to just fade him so quickly? Lajon Dream saying, hell yeah, looking forward to the stream tonight. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, Hibero was so early of a stoppage. That dude going to get smoked. I don't think it was an early stoppage at all. I think he fucked that guy up. <laughs> but yeah, Hibero, not going to cut it. My guy, Amin. With the $20 donor, appreciate it, my friend, saying keep up the awesome work. Love you as always, my man. Problem Kid saying, I think Cowan lost, in my opinion. Late Chi wasn't really wearing any damage at all, but I do agree it was a split. Um, again, close fight, but if it did come down to round three, I would have scored it for Cowan. John K saying, read type of decision. I'd be worried about Romanov gassing out, trying to grapple. Possible finishing opportunity for Tabura late. <clears throat> Asher Quinn saying, Boha. <laughs> uh, Asher Quinn saying, I'm huge on the signing, PFO signing of Shane Burgos. I like it. Asher Quinn saying, I think Dana's training his pants. I think they were just happy to let him go. I think they didn't give him the number that he was looking for. And PFO was like, hey, we got you. And you could win a million dollars if you won the tournament. John K saying, Re Tabore for getting plus 300 or more from my line. Don't know if you want to, to get that greedy. Well, again, with decision only, it's not a bad look. Like, decision only means if it finishes inside the distance, no matter who wins, you get your money back. The only way you lose that is if Romanov wins by decision. Problem Kid saying it's kind of like CFL, XFL, and arena football. Sure, some studs come over every other five years, but they're lower tier for a reason. I agree. Todd Clark saying compete with the UFC with the Middle East money. It's tough for anyone would pony up enough to do so. C-L-I-V. Yeah, that's a good way. Maybe that's the way they do it, right? Like UAE has the UAE Warriors, but they're never going to get to the UFC's level. They have accepted that they are the feeder league to the UFC, essentially. But yeah, it's going to it's gonna take a lot to snatch the UFC's uh, stranglehold on the market. Uh, Rick Lewis saying, I did Burgos going to PFL go with a bag. I like it as well. Sam, Sam Nee saying, do you think Shavkat or Hamza has a higher ceiling? I'd say Hamza more so than Shavkat. Asher Quinn saying, I think a lot of people in the UFC, I think a lot of other UFC guys might fuck off over there once they see what Burgos' show money is in the PFL. I think guys that have accepted that they won't be able to get title shots or they won't be good enough to make it to the top, those would be the guys that eventually go over to the PFL. Problem Kids saying Burgos will clean that division up. A lot of the UFC guys in PFR have spoken the prospects they put them up against. I have to see who is who else is in that PFL featherweight division before I can truly say that. Let me pull that up here. Um, PFL 
Okay, let's look at the 2021 PFL featherweight playoffs. Four fighters, right? Brendan Lognane. Burgos could probably beat him. Movlid Haibuliev. Burgos probably doesn't beat him. Chris Wade. I think he'll struggle against Chris Wade. And Bubba Jenkins. Yeah, I don't know. It's guaranteed that he goes out there and makes a million. I want to see if I can talk to Cloudbed and say, you know, could you guys put out PFO like future props, right? Like not this guy wins the PFO tournament and see how much they would put Shane Burgos at. Asher Quinn saying, I think he'll make 300K plus show money for PFO. I don't know if it'll be that much. That'll be nuts. That'll be crazy if he makes 300K. I'm thinking closer to maybe 100 to 150K. Uh, and, and another thing, I think I'm pretty certain PFL only does show money. No, they do show and win. I apologize. Ash Quinn saying that can make a lot of other fighters in similar positions willing to make the jump. Worst case, there's more leverage for fighters to make more in UFC. Yep. Trevor Loden saying Kleenex in the tissue business is a great analogy. There you go. Corey Epo saying Paulo opened up minus 260. He's now minus 370 and counting. Wow, I didn't realize it got that high. Is it really that high now? Damn. I think the only way to play that fight is usually the, the KO, which is, wow, it's up to minus 160 now. Last time I saw it, it was at minus 120. That line might be getting away from us. Might have to just stay away from it, honestly. Uh, why house troll is saying how much do previous injuries count towards the final pick, or is it better to give everyone benefit of the doubt and consider them at 90 to hundred percent? How about Usman's knees plus last hand surgery this weekend? I don't try to put too much into it. Like I think the last time I really put some stock into somebody coming back from a significant injury was Tiago Santos and his ACL injury when, or double ACL injury and surgery and rehab uh, leading up to his fight against Glover Teixeira. And Glover was a plus 200 underdog that night. I obviously took Glover there and was happy to cash that, but I try not to put too much stock into it. Like like Luke Rockhold, right? He's coming back from a lot of surgeries and a lot of injuries and all that stuff. But the reason I'd look to fade him this weekend is his fragility in terms of his chin and his lack of durability, I should say. So I, I try not to put too much stock into it. Because at the end of the day, what is it that they actually look like competing in the cage? Because there have been guys who have come back from, you know, crazy injuries and still go on to win championships and stuff. Ash Quinn saying Burgos last time he was a and he also got offered a PFL contract and turned down a six-figure pay raise per fight and turned it down in the past. Yeah, so he was making roughly 20 and 20 before his last contract extension. Then he got that 70 and 75, right? And now I th- I don't think the UFC was like, hey, we're not going to give you much more. So this is kind of your cap unless you can show us that you're actually championship material. So he's like, you know what, Pace? Let's go to the PFL. Let's go make a milli. Um, Asher Gwen saying he's getting future commentary opportunities too. I didn't hear that, about that. He's going to make so much and Dana will shoot himself. Again, I don't think Dana is too worried about a guy like Shane Burgos. It's the... 
it's the effect. It's the it's the the snowball effect, right? It's like will more guys actually go out and do that? And we're slowly seeing it, but it's gonna take a big name to go out there, a, a, like a legitimate recent former champion. I'm not talking about Anthony Pettis type of champion, right? That guy was a champion back at UFC 164, like not back then. Somebody within the last two years that has been a champion for somebody like that to go to the to PFL, that's something big. Problem kids saying, why do all the roid guys keep doing good after getting clean? I want to see those guys get smoked. Yeah. I think you're talking about Josh Quinlan, aren't you? <laughs> Ash Quinn saying, I think I'll, as well, it's very interesting that the guy Budai beat in Daniel Contestors is getting the same show money in PFL and is now in the $1 million heavyweight final. Uh, I hope this shakes up the UFC pay structure. Is it uh, Matthias Scheffel? Is that the guy that he beat on the Contender Series? Is it Budai? No, Budai beat uh, Lorenzo Hood. Who's in the PFL finals now? I know Anti Delia is on one side. Um, who's he fighting? Is it? Oh yeah, Matthias Scheffel. Yes, yes. Matthias Scheffel actually lost to somebody else. He lost to. Uh, it wasn't Budai. Uh, Mirzakhanov. He lost to Mirzakhanov. That's who he lost to. Uh, yeah, hilarious that Dennis Goldsoff gets pulled out and in steps Juan Adams, and now Shuffle is in the fucking finals. Oh, what a shit show PFL could be. And I think it's absolutely dog shit that these guys decided to go to England to have these last couple fights, which is why those Russian fighters were not able to compete. Hopefully they got chopped off a little extra because they just got their chances of fighting for a million dollars snatched from them. Uh, let's see. No, Allen saying Burgos giving me Rory to PFL vibes might be damaged goods. That's a good way of looking at it. Uh, Sammy thinks uh, everyone thinks Aldo is going to win, but he's just too low volume and Marab won't stop all day. In my opinion, Marab is a future champ. This is where my issue comes with Marab. A lot of his stuff is takedowns, right? And he's getting a ton of takedowns because guys are just able to get up over and over again. Um, that's why he's getting 20 plus takedowns a fight. Now it's going to come down to whether Aldo will be able to land damage. If he can land damage consecutively enough, and you know, even with getting taken down, if he can continue to work back to his feet but lay damage out, we just saw it, you know, in the Cartwright and Johnson fight. Doesn't matter how many takedowns you land, are you dishing out damage? Will Murad be able to dish out damage from on top? Not 100% sold on that. Aldo's a tough guy, you know, I mean. I'm starting to feel like this might be like a Vera versus Cruz situation where I'm just thinking about the legend a little bit too much. But the mistake I won't make is going three units deep on Aldo. Like I'll consider maybe laying a unit on him and maybe a little bit on his KO prop, but that's about it. Marab has holes in his game, for sure. But the guy's an energized bunny. The guy has great cardio. We'll see how it plays out, but uh, I think that is a close fight. John K saying Jordan would announce for September 3rd. Do you think that's too soon for Jordan? Enough time to recover from that war. Uh, the kid's still young. You know what I mean? I think that's more than enough time. That's going to be a great fight, though. 
I'm leaning Jordan there, but uh, very much looking forward to that. And I also think, you know, being a French Canadian, I think he's very much looking forward to going over there and fighting in Paris. So, yeah. Noel Murphy saying, got my ass beat last night. No more Dana White contender series for me. <laughs> uh, double down on Costa to try to recoup. Oof. Damn. Rick DeRulo saying, who you like in Sandhagen versus Yudong? I'm leaning Sandhagen there. Interested to see what the odds will be once they release those. Betting Prodigy saying, struggle to see a path to victory from Rob. It's also a three-rounder. I don't think Aldo falls off a cliff in round three. I agree. And I don't struggle to see a path from Rob. Obviously, takedowns and volume is possible. But on the feet, I think he gets butchered. CG saying, why do you like Tybur over Romanov? Um, I think he has a cardio advantage. He definitely has a striking advantage. He has the much better experience advantage. And if he can, you know, he might not be able to stop a couple of takedowns, but if he can get up and make this a, a tough fight for Romanov, he could definitely start to pull away later in this fight. Do not pay minus 350, minus 400 on Romanov. I am a big Romanov truther, but not in this spot and not at these odds. Corey Ipo saying Cartwright took the hardest shots I've ever seen at the end of round one and didn't leave a mark on his face. Yeah, that guy, that guy's face must be made of rubber or something. Mr. Always Prophet saying Dana came out saying the UFC fucked up big time letting him go. Made it seem like one of the matchmakers fucked it up or something. He said UFC don't fuck up big often, but they fucked up there. Interesting. I didn't know that. I think they he believes they fucked up because he's such an entertaining fighter. Uh, MMA betting prodigy saying lock you may not like the better call it's all finale I thought it was the perfect I thought it was perfect for Saul Goodman I, I still haven't watched the last season yet so please don't spoil anything but I'm looking forward to uh, to watching it soon <laughs> Ashley Quinn saying did you see the post Dana White contender series interviews yesterday Dana was basically like yeah we fucked the Burgos thing up on our side not sure what happened interesting I gotta watch that back Mr. Always Prophet saying Marab is the most entertaining wrestler in the UFC. Dude is all action. Has one of the best cardio I've seen in the history of the UFC. It was there live for the Marlin fight. That was wild, right? The guy came back from the jaws of defeat and still managed to get the win. Yeah, don't spoil it, Prodigy. Unknown <laughs> saying, I'm actually surprised more people have not left the UFC for the PFL. I think it's because nobody dreams of fighting for the PFL, right? Everybody dreams of being a champion. And... You know, if you're a guy that still thinks he can be the champion, I get why you're in the UFC. If you're just one of these middling fighters that just continues to get solid fights and stay within the UFC, then it's always good to have that UFC push. But go make a, a million in the PFL before it gets too saturated with better competition. Jewish Better saying, do you think fights being at altitude should be considered this week when making bets? Uh, kind of, but I don't think it's going to be a big, big determining factor in how you should be breaking down fights. But good point in terms of bring, bringing that up. Noah Allen saying, Jay Prent talking a lot. Think he gets humbled or knows he'll wrestle fuck. I lean him as the dog here, man. I got to I gotta run the tapes though, but I do lean him as the dog. I liked what I saw from his grappling game when I was studying him in preparation for his last fight against Mario Bautista. But this might be a better fight for him against Arichi Lang. Betting Prodigy saying Santos in the distance at plus 500, 500 with the stab. I don't know. I, I like me some Jared Gordon, but maybe not at uh, Jared Gooden, I should say. Jared Gordon? Jared Gordon. That's what it is. Uh, but not willing to pay that shock. Juice Barrett saying Santos maybe have the worst cardio in UFC and is 42. Yes. Still manages to pull it out of his ass every now and then. Aaron in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. Mr. Always Prophet said, I thought Pettis coming out. He has a guaranteed person on the Helwani show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he was making a fuck ton over there. 
Paris has a mental block called overrated. <laughs> uh, Elevate saying Costa versus Rockhold is the sexiest fight of the year. Costa's going after on this one. I do believe he gets it done. Yes, Costa by KO is probably the way to go there. Brazilian Rockhold. I like that name there. That's a good name for him. Uh, betting Prodigy saying Mary Schrader. Oh, Marie Schrader made a cameo. Okay, I gotta, I gotta stop. I, I don't want any spoilers, none whatsoever. Mister Always Profit. Uh, yep, problem. Kid saying Leonardo Santos is dog shit. He got mauled by a smaller clay Guida. That was a hilarious fight. Again, I'm not gonna read any of your, uh, your comments or betting Prodigy. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, Andre Silver saying he has no fucking knees. <laughs> Corey Yipa saying Paige Van Zandt fight is off due to uh, OnlyFans rectum injury. Lajon <laughs> Dream saying is probably back at normal time tomorrow. It should be. From my understanding, it should be. Socrates F saying even if Bellator had that one year, they got a bunch of ex-UFC fighters. Yeah, Phil Davis, Musasi, Rory, and I just didn't even put a dent in the UFC talent. You are correct. That, that's a big indicator, right? Bellator has always been that number two brand. And even getting the big names that they did, it still isn't doing much of a, you know, impact to the UFC stranglehold on the market. Ashley Quinn saying, yeah, I think this is the start of the snowball effect. PFL poaches a ranked UFC fighter and it raises UFC pay or a bunch more jump over, hopefully. It's going to, they're going to have to keep coming though. We'll see. Samney saying Rocco going to beat Costa 29-28. In my opinion, he just needs a knockdown and a takedown. Paul's chin is suspect to get dropped two and Rocco hits hard. Odds are crazy. I'm not willing to, you know, throw on the chalk on, on Costa in this spot. Um, but, but I do think that he ends up clipping that chin and gets him out of there. Ash Quinn saying the England move was awful. Absolutely short-sighted. I agree. Uh, pick for Jay Perron versus Mongolian murder. Again, pre-tape, I am leaning with the underdog, Jay Perron. Who loses belt first, Izzy or Usman? Hmm. I'm going to have to lean with Izzy. I think Usman still has maybe three to four solid fights left, but like even in those three to four fights, who is going to be the one to dethrone him? Chimaev, maybe. Um, And then Izzy, like... He has Alex Pereira next in November. That's a tough fight for him. Bo Nickel in the wings, just waiting. <laughs> Maybe they try to fast track Bo Nickel before Izzy gets too old. But yeah, I'd have to lean Izzy ever so slightly. Aaron saying, do you have an idea of what matchup they'll announce for the Diaz Hamzat card? Uh, what do you mean, what matchup? Isn't that card like fully set already? Ashley Quinn saying, Menafield versus Serkinov just got announced. I'm assuming Serkinov is going back up to 205. Is that true? Robert Chell is saying Gainar already lost the belt if you have eyes. There you go. Elevate saying agreed about Tybori. He almost fought Aspinall for that fight in London. Yeah, that's true. Aspinall would have destroyed Tybori in a round. Ugh. I don't know. Between Volkov and Aspinall, he served as the backup. Oh, that's what it was. Just by saying that's exactly what we meant. He was upset they'd let go of an exciting fighter. It's not that big of a deal, but great move for Burgos and PFL. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ash Quinn saying the difficult thing with stuff like fights being at altitude recently, pregnant fighters, is you can't quantify it at all. Exactly. So you have to take what you see inside the cage over everything, pretty much. 
Paguid is saying, my dude, what happened to Cruz? I told you your read was way off on that one. It was. It was. He's winning until the KO, but that's pretty much how everybody expected that fight to go. But I was banking on that KO not occurring. Like, you're putting a lot of eggs in that basket of that one thing occurring. And it did. Shouts out to you. But at minus 240, how often is that going to continue to happen? That was my point. But credit to you guys for taking Vera. No foul. Wasn't Cruz went into the KO again. It is what it is. Every week we call fights. I was heavy on the Cruz side. I felt good about Landwehr. Nobody talking about that. I felt good about Nam. Nobody talking about that. But again, I did make a pretty strong stance for Cruz. Aaron saying I like Bellator and last card was actually fire, even though I said it was trash. Um, Corey Yupo saying Cruz was the value play. Pat Cheetah was getting murdered one to three. I wasn't saying he got he got murdered, and also I believe it was two one going into that third or that fourth round. Again, is what it is. Played out as most people expected it to. I was just hoping that Cruz could avoid that murder shot. Nick Peppiard saying, "What do you think about Mike Perry versus MVP BKFC fight?" You know, this is going to be fist against against fist, right? MVP is a great all around striker, but having to just use his fist here. I still think he gets the better of Mike Perry. Betting prodigy saying, yes, I think Jay can get takedowns. I also like the energy coming from his tweets. Let's go. Uh, again, I, I appreciate everybody standing up for me about the cruise thing. Is what it is. We predict fights on a weekly basis. Can't be right about every single one of them. Asher Quinn saying, Hamza takes the welterweight belt and moves up and takes the middleweight belt off Izzy. Wow. Big, big thoughts there for my guy, Asher Quinn. We'll see if it comes to fruition. But, you know, he's going to have to, you know, build off that Gilbert Burns fight because I feel like a lot of steam has rolled off of Hamzat, Hamzat's name after having a close fight with Gilbert. But that's what happens when you start taking steps up in competition. BP, thoughts on Jotko versus Brendan Allen? I, I lean Jotko there. I'm wondering if they're going to continue to make Brendan Allen a super chalky favorite. You know, if that Jacob Malkoon fight didn't show you guys, this guy is not a minus 300 worthy fighter. He's a good fighter. Fight for your money. But Shotko could give him some issues here. Problem kids saying Pat way off. Every judge had crews up by rounds. Uh, it was 2-1 again. If Bo Nickel was something special, he would have made the Olympic team. <laughs> oh, God. Um, BP saying prediction on Barcelos versus Jones. Gotta leave more Barcelos there. I really don't think that Trevin Jones uh, has what it takes to cut it in the UFC anymore. Aaron saying I like striking off, but he didn't look filled out last fight and the cardio LMAO. Yeah, I I'm assuming he's going back up to uh, uh, I think I assume he's going back up to 205 pounds, so he should look better, especially if he's fighting Menafield. But can he withstand that big punching power? I don't know. Maybe a fight doesn't go to a decision there. Because if Serkinov gets this to the ground, he will style on Menafield, in my opinion. Aaron saying, my bad. I thought I read earlier that UFC matchmakers were to add a high-profile fight to the Diaz Hamza card. I probably missed that if I didn't see that myself. But like 279 does need a, a little bit of a push. Socrates, I was saying I was on Nate the train by hearing you on it made me bet a little bit more on Nate. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I love to hear. BP saying also prediction on Vlismus versus Baby Shark. I'm leaning Vlismus myself. 
Uh, or for sure. Um, I, I lean Vlismas as well. Um, I like me some uh, I like me some baby shark, but I think Vlismas might be the better overall fighter there. Elevate saying J-Prom making a wave. Hope he can capitalize. Let's go. Might be the dog of the night play if I like what I see on him. Unknown saying I had a line with Catch, uh, Cachoeira, Nam, and Ladmer with Quinlan and Benitez. The last piece was Bruno Silva. Come on, man. So close yet so far. Yeah, Bruno Silva really shut the bet there. Should have taken. The fight doesn't go to decision there, my friend. That would have been a great way to catch that bet. Noah Allen saying we all win, BP. Talking about the uh, Vlismas and Baby Shark fight. You're hilarious. Holland versus Wonderboy. Is that true? I didn't hear that. If that is true, that's a great fight. Mr. Always Prophet saying Bobby Knuckles. Minus 220 or, or Vittori plus 190. I lean uh, Bobby Knuckles there, honestly. I think he's the side. Better striker, better wrestler. Three rounds. Give me Bobby Knuckles. No, Allen said, you horny motherfucker. No, Allen said, Dana said after the contender series, they're going to add a bunch of fights to UFC 279. Well, they don't have much time because it's like a month away, less than a month away. Um, Like just quickly looking at that card right now. It's a little rough. We got one, two, sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. There's 15 fights scheduled for that card how can they add more <laughs> um coleman events looking like it's going to be johnny walker versus iwan kutalaba for going off of name value alone but are they really hoping to have 16 18 fights is that what's happening No, Alan says Shan will be bone-legged throwing her cat on the UFC roster. Your fucking jokes. Juice Bear saying good luck this weekend. Good luck to you as well, my friend. Don't don't forget, I'll be back tomorrow as well, 4 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Thursday. Um, Bobby Knuckles all day. Gift parlay piece at minus two twenty. I wouldn't even mind taking a bit of a small. Uh, or sorry, taking a straight up shot on him there at minus two twenty as well. Again, don't be scared to play chalk, guys. Like, don't be scared, especially in a spot like that where you feel quite confident about it. Because what if it's the other leg that fucks it up for you? Just asked Lupi Godinez. Ash Quincy said a guy on Twitter said Holland and Wonder Boys in the works. Nothing from a dwarf at all yet, but apparently Holland has an announcement this week. Interesting. If they make that fight, I would lean Wonderboy because I'm sure we're going to get him at underdog odds considering the uh, the the public love we normally get on Kevin Holland. And Kevin Holland's not going to look to grapple fuck him the way Wonderboy has been losing his last couple fights, right? Wonderboy is a very tough puzzle to crack even at the age he's at right now. So if you give me plus money on Wonderboy against Kevin Holland, I'm fucking taking it. Lodge One Dream saying Holland posted on IG story within the last hour with a poll. Is it Wonderboy? Yes or no? And he said, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Wow. Stefan Peck saying Coleman is TBA. Only 12 or so are actually official. Interesting. On the wiki page, I'm, I'm counting 15 fights. <laughs> uh... 
Boob is saying Lupi just has low fight IQ. She had a path to victory, but chose to not go into Angelios. Only Rios. Again, I, I've been saying it all week. I really think we have to give respect to Hill in terms of flashing her knee and uppercut the amount that she was. Because those feints alone will scare somebody away from, you know, shooting. Especially with the amount of knees that Angela Hill was landing in that fight. So maybe that's what it was. It's not just, you know, Lupi not showing the takedowns. So I'll, I'll admit this. I expect her to shoot more. I expect her to get a hold of Angela Hill a little bit more. But she just wasn't able to. Jeff K saying Holland is a glory level striker. I don't know. You got to give me sexy odds. I want to take that bait. He's not young. That's true, but he's still going out there and it's striking better guys. Asher Quinn saying Lupi has since said she was injured. Yeah, I think she had. Todd Clark saying, I bet she was. I think she said she had a hip injury or something like that. Lajon Dream saying Leon said if he beats Usman, he wants a trilogy with him, beat him, then wants Jorge in London. Wow. Keep your eyes on Usman this weekend first. Don't even think about a rematch yet. Jeff K saying we are definitely in the midst of a sport-wide changing of the guard. Vera Cruz, right? Maybe Marab and Aldo this weekend. Noah said Lupi still outstruck Hill by 10. Live stats had Hill up 20 in the third. Wow. Problem kid saying didn't look hurt when she rocked her and was smacking her around. Yeah. She landed some big shots of her own, right? I think she rocked her within the first round or the first minute of the first round. Talking about Loopy. All right. That is a wrap on today's edition of the MMA Lock Talk. Always appreciate you guys keeping the live chat popping in here. I know a lot of you guys appreciate the conversations that we're able to have, the interactive nature of this stream. Truly appreciate all that love and support. Please make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends about the show. Tell other people about the show to come in and, and get the live chat popping even more. Uh, if you can't ever listen to it live, and you guys are one of those podcasting folks, you guys can get this on podcasting platforms as well. So make sure you guys go check it out all in there as well. Uh, yeah, otherwise, appreciate the super uh, super chats that we got this uh, today or even up to this point this week. That truly means a lot to your boy. Um Bets will be free this week, obviously, since I took an L last week. Uh, but picks will be coming out to the public on Friday. I may look to make some bets tonight and drop them on the Patreon. But yeah, full day ahead still to go. I got uh, the Prediction Strike show with Clint at 7.30 today. Then I got the Gordo Gambled show at 9 p.m. And then I'll be looking to the to do the MMA Lawcast if I still have a voice uh, come the end of this night. So two more streams on this channel coming today. Um, and then a guest appearance later on as well. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Catch you guys later.